0: hey guys how you doing today i'm hansel flores your host this is josh carmen my co-host we have a special episode today with a very special guest this is jack cassidy in front of us jack thanks so much for being here with us today it's my pleasure to be here. it's really here. awesome to have you
1: thank you man
0: yeah for those of you guys who are familiar with the voice jack cassidy was actually a contestant and a participant in season 12. back in 2017 he was on alicia's keys team and he got to be part of the show so that was really awesome And Jack is actually part of a family line that comes from a lot of success in Hollywood in both the singing and acting and dancing industries. So a legacy here, a full legacy. And so we're so glad to have you, Jack. And uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and what's it like to be Jack Cassidy?
1: Yeah, man, I'm a 22-year-old Christian man. Uh, Just moved to Nashville about a year ago. Uh, Born and raised in Los Angeles, but went out there because I got a a record deal with Fairtrade Services in Warner Chapel. Uh, so I'm pursuing the music biz, but growing up, like you said, music musical family, that's what led me into the music musical direction. Uh, my grandma was Shirley Jones, David Cassidy and Sean Cassidy were my uncles. My dad his name is Patrick Cassidy and he's a uh, 40 plus year Broadway actor, uh, television, movies, all that all that jazz. And so music kind of seemed like seemed like the instant path, but it wasn't. Uh, I knew I had a voice, and I knew I love music, but it wasn't until I went on the voice is when music kind of got affirmed for me that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Mm.
2: So you you have a really interesting story here, right? So you just talked about how you were signed to a record deal recently, a record label recently. You've moved to Nashville to kind of pursue that. So uh, before we kind of backtrack a little bit, for people who may not know or kind of understand what that's like, like when you get a record deal, that doesn't mean that like you're rich and famous all of a sudden. It kind of sounds like you're saying that the work has just kind of started at that point. The work is just beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So elaborate on that a little bit.
1: It's. I'd say it's. It's a blessing to have a team behind me now. Mm-hmm. It's not just me. I'm an artist sitting with all my ideas and all yeah. the songs and all the, the stuff that I have to look at. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. To write about. But now I'd say I have a a really solid and professional team behind me that that can help take my story and put it out there in a way that uh, resonates with the most mm-hmm. amount of people and and even just helps me along the way cuz I can't do this by myself I really I really can't
2: yeah man so so that's super rad because it gives you access right to being able to connect with people like you're saying across a different variety of life stages right and, and so one of the things that you're talking about is like really communicating your story well there and so when you have a pretty unique story right obviously like being from that from the family there but you've also gone through a lot of challenges and difficulties that every person faces right regardless of like rich and famous or not rich and famous at all, you know, and, and so can you tell us a, a little bit about what it was like for you to kind of go through your journey of struggles and some of the things that you faced growing up in, and leading you to where you are today?
1: Yeah, I grew up in a, in a Christian house that didn't really have the power of God in it, I'd say, so that led me to a, a place of searching, yeah, but in the school system, I'd say that we're in these days in America, mm. science is kind of put out there in a way that's not God-based. Hmm. Uh, so someone that's, that didn't see much evidence of God in my house, that seemed way more attractive and way more, I don't know, evidence and factual based. Sure. Uh, and that's what led me to just kind of building a lifestyle and a life that wasn't on God, which eventually led me to see that that was not gonna fulfill me, that wasn't satisfying. Uh, but other things were at play. Um, I, I'm, I struggle with depression and anxiety, and, and I've struggled with that since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd, say, I'd say it was a, a mental type of illness or mm-hmm. mental health problem, um, just the lack of brain chemistry being right. Uh, and growing up, that, that messed me up in a lot of ways, and I didn't quite see it because you know, it's all you know. When you're growing up, you don't know that you're depressed, you just kind of create behaviors mm-hmm. that go around that lifestyle to try to you know, self-medicate, um, whether that be... You know, I put a lot of pressure on friends to, to try to fill me up. I needed people around me just to try to get out of my own headspace. Right, right. And that's stuff you do when you're maybe a little littler, but later that manifested itself into, into marijuana use, into drugs. And eventually what really took me down was cocaine. I, I got heavily hooked on that when I was 18 years old as a way to self-medicate. And and it really took me down until a, a turning point with Jesus. I was in Santa Monica one night and, and I did too much. It, it got me to the point where I'd be up for three days mm. and not able to sleep uh, just Just terrible. Like, I I couldn't stop. I couldn't deal with the come down because it was so, so depressive and so much anxiety. I just, you keep using this to get up again, but you're stuck in that vicious cycle. Um, And one day in specific, I was up for three or four days in Santa Monica and I did too much and I felt my whole body go cold. And I literally started shaking and my heart started pounding uncontrollably out of my chest. And I hit my knees and I cried out to Jesus with literally everything I had and He saved my life. He, he came in a way that was, He slowed my heart down for one, but He, a peace in my spirit just started to, to come up and mm-hmm. even though my flesh and my body was tweaking out and in this high state of anxiety, I finally learned how to He gave me that that piece of my spirit that I've been able to access ever since that day.
0: Man. Wow.
1: That's that's incredible. Tell us a little bit more about
0: that kind of turning point and and what brought you there and and what was that like maybe just both mentally but also in uh, your desires and, and your decision making like how would you kind of try to pinpoint that?
1: Yeah, it was when I saw what cocaine really was. Uh, And that my desire to use it was to try to, I guess subconsciously subconsciously at least, just heal myself to try to help myself, try to get out of that uncomfortable state, which it does temporarily, uh, but you don't see everything else around you crumbling. Um, And in that moment, it was the first time I tasted death. I was right at death's door knob whoa, wake-up moment, mm. Mm. cocaine leads to death, not helping me get out of this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw that with that, and I saw that with other means of self-medicating, maybe not death, but just not, not fruitfulness. You know, we're, we're trying to find love, and we're trying to find help in all the wrong places, and I found it in Christ that night. Mm. And, and that was the turning point. When I saw what cocaine really was, and then I really saw the reality of who Jesus really was Mm. and started pursuing that Yeah. and just left that behind. Yeah.
2: And I've been clean for two and a half years now. That's amazing. So,
1: yeah. Praise God. That is amazing.
2: Well, thank you for, first of all, like, thank you for being willing to share that, right? Like, that's never, man, I... I don't care how many times we talk about something, right? Like stuff like that is still always going to be difficult to kind of chat about uh, and share with. So thank you, first of all, for being so transparent uh, and open with these things. Um, So you're saying like there was a big connection between the way mental health kind of moved you just towards trying to find things that would give you some semblance of life and purpose and, you know, and and things of that that would help uh, fulfill you in a way that was deeper and real. Um, I wanted to take it back a second. What was the conversation around mental health like in your home? There yeah, was it a subject that people talked about often? Was it something that just you know wasn't good or bad? it was just kind of ignored, or what was that experience like for you like just growing up as a as a youngster
1: uh yeah, it was it was something that was we didn't quite see it I felt like my family was kind of in the thick of it we hadn't We hadn't seen the other side yet, so even with addiction struggles and addiction wasn't necessarily always drugs. It was just that addictive type of thinking yeah, and sure, behavior. Sure. Uh, and, and depression and even mania runs through my family in some. Uh, we just didn't know how to deal with that. And I, I didn't have a revelation of Christ yet to be able to at least do what I needed to do to, yeah, yeah. to, to face that. Uh, so even though my parents saw signs of things that weren't necessarily right, or behaviors that, why is Jack sleeping too much? Why is Jack mm-hmm. uh, uh, maybe eating too much? Why is Jack doing all these things to, to looks like self-medicate. We weren't sure what that was yet. Uh, why can't I focus? We thought maybe that was ADD, maybe that was sure. this. Um, and it wasn't until uh, the drugs, I'd say, got involved and and then... I saw the crazy highs and the lows, and then I'd get out of that. And, and more so, I'd say, let me put it this way. When I found Jesus, he gave me like a, a picture of what perfection, what joy was. Mm-hmm. So after I became a Christian is when things actually became really hard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is that, that's when the sins at least started to reveal themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I could, I could finally look at... This is joy. This is what peace looks like. So then what am I experiencing down here? Yes, yeah, so you have this dichotomy that yeah. wasn't
2: available to you before. Exactly. that you can now pay attention to.
1: Um, and when that started to happen, as I got closer to Christ, that started to just become way more obvious. Mm. Um, and then, at some point, my dad had the wise idea of going to a doctor. And, and I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety disorder. And and I yeah I have to deal with that on a on a daily basis and I I champion and I victory through it mm. with Christ. Yeah, praise I really, God, I really absolutely. do. So good. <laughs> and that's why I smile and that's why yeah. I'm yeah. in a good mood and you see peace in me but it is definitely still a very real struggle that mm. that tries to that tries to bring me down mm-hmm. and, yeah. and I have to stay centered and stay with Jesus every day. Yeah.
0: And I I'd love to come back to that point as it relates to how the ministry of the church comes alongside individuals. Because here's what's really fascinating to me. On the one hand, here's Jack Cassidy, son of a legacy, uh, privy to access um, and privileges, whatnot, that so many people will never understand. On yeah. the other hand, you're human. On the other hand, uh, your struggles are so, so real and so relatable to so many people that are so afraid to voice them. And so, How would you describe that human part of you that it's like to independently of uh, the privileges or the wealth or the access, et cetera, that real uh, vulnerable part of you that is susceptible just like everybody else, specifically how you mentioned anxiety and depression? How would you describe that?
1: I haven't really thought of that, actually. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Looking back, life is—it's hard to look back at life before Christ sometimes. Cause yeah, totally fair, man. I just see it as—I see—I see myself as Jesus now. Yeah. I actually, forget about what that looks like. But as I, I think, like I said before, I, because Jesus didn't wasn't the thing, I was still searching for answers, mm. uh, and I hadn't found the truth yet. So I was—I was looking for things in all the wrong places. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what got me because I didn't have a foundation with Christ and I struggled with that atheism because because yeah
2: well, what you're talking about is representing a desire to search for something to fill a void yeah. right that you don't know what you first of all it's hard to even identify what the void is but second what's the right key right to that combination or how do you unlock that and you're, the way you're talking about seeing everything through like post Christ now it's fascinating that you describe like this idea of being somebody who is experiencing real joy like a depth of joy that exists uh, independent of circumstances, right? Wherever you find yourself, but you're still somebody that walks with depression, that still walks with anxiety. Sure, and it's like, yeah, man, like not only can you be saved, right? Not only can you have the life of Jesus that exudes in your life, but also out of who you are, but you can still have issues with brain chemistry, right? And it's just mm-hmm. like both things can coexist in one person. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that you lack faith. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, a crappy Christian or whatever, right? It's just like, I oh, man, like, this is just the reality of the world that we live in. So was there a moment for you where there was kind of like a come to grips with that? Like, did you experience some frustration of like, hey, why isn't this gone right away? Or has it just been a pretty, like, stable, consistent journey knowing that, like, Jesus is still superior to those things and is above them, even if he chooses, you know, not to heal you immediately, you know, from those, those uh, things that you're dealing with? What, part, what has that journey been like for you? The first thing that came to
1: mind going back to that night where mm-hmm. I overdosed, I when i cried out to jesus i it wasn't just this one this one moment that happened yes god slowed my heart down but he got me through that night yeah yeah like that whole night i i literally curled up in the shower blasted worship music and was just sitting and worshiping in the peace of god and this is where that comes into play my whole body was freaking out freaking out my whole body was just in the lowest state of depression it could have possibly been, in. in the highest state of anxiety it could have been in. But Jesus was was louder than that. Uh, and it's the peace of Christ. It's mm-hmm. I'm such a man of peace now, because because of that night. I just I, I hold on to it. Um, so that taught me in the midst of anything that's coming against me in that moment. Mm. I can access that place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus is in me and greater than he that's in me, than he that's in the world or anything that's trying to press me.
2: Yeah, so that's huge. So even in the midst of, like, the deafening noise that is uh, taking too much of the substance there and walking through that, they're like, the peace can still be louder than that. It's interesting It's interesting that you're describing peace uh, almost like a volume, right? Like it, it's something that drowns out. Like that's not a word picture that I often associate with that term hmm. there, that peace can be so loud right? And so big that can actually deafen and dampen other noises Mm -hmm. that are trying to compete for your attention, right? Like that's a, that's huge, man. And that's a real revelation because especially with the reality that like where you were in the state of where you were, being able to listen to worship music and feel connected to Christ is a beautiful example of God meeting us where we are, right? Like even in the depths of the worst parts of what we're going through, what we've done to ourselves, right? Like even the consequences of our own actions. And
1: I'd say in the midst of all those, problems it's what it's what's made me see how good the lord is so good man. dude <laughs> and, it, and it, those victories feel like more victories yeah because of the struggles man so i can't i can't answer why god hasn't necessarily taken these things away mm. i know he does those things yeah. i've seen him do those things and i've seen
2: cases where it doesn't happen mm-hmm. but in your case there's something at least for me like i'm not glad that you have to walk through depression and anxiety yeah but the example with which you're faithful to living that out Mm -hmm. so sincerely and transparently, it's like, in some instances, I'm glad that you're walking through it this way because it gives us an example to look at, right? Like Mm -hmm. it gives us an example of saying like, man, I'm standing right here before you, like transformation is the story of my life. I don't know what to tell you. You know, just like, it was like this, Jesus made it like this, and now I'm walking it out. And the the fruit of all that really does come out in my music. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, You can really, what I love, what I love about my own music is that I'm a al- I am I feel like I'm allowed to but I do yeah. I, I spill it out yeah. I spill out everything I can in my heart you can hear how much of a broken individual mm. I I am and, or have been God is growing me every day Yeah yeah for sure uh, but at the same time when I'm going into those issues you hear a major redemptive tone of Christ mm. So it's exactly what we're talking about Yeah we're we're walking through the fire Yeah but he's with us in the fire. Mm-hmm. That's the first line of Run at the Giant uh, of the chorus. So, yeah.
0: That's amazing. That's, and it's, it's like there's this beautiful tension there. And what comes to mind is the, the nuances and the complexities of the way that Christians actually go through life before we get to heaven. There's a, an ancient Christian writer, his name is St. Bernard of Clairvaux. And he talks about the seasoning or the maturing loves that God compels in us. And so you have the first person who loves God because he needs something, right? And so this is the amateur, the person who says, yeah. I need God because I need, I need salvation, I need something. This is the drowning child who needs rescue. Yes. There's, not, there's not anything inappropriate about that, right? But it's, it's the, gotta the graduate, amateur. Gotta graduate yeah, right? from we that start place. And then, and then <laughs> what, ha- what happens after that is you learn to love God for who God is, Amen. rather than loving God for another end. And the beautiful tension that we hear and why we're so inspired by your story is because you're able to understand that, hmm. that you're saying that, hey, like, listen, these are the things that I was searching and needed and wanted um, before I, I knew the ultimate end that it is Christ. And now it's not like somehow your endeavors and your passion um, for music has disappeared, but it's now contextualized.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's
0: now, like, empowered. It's now uh, oriented towards the ultimate goal. And I think that's what's amazing for us to witness. Um, And so what I would want to hear from you is, kind of given that experience, how would you recommend that churches and ministries more faithfully walk alongside brothers and sisters who have these real experiences?
1: Everyone has an individual journey with this thing. I've noticed that we're all, I've
2: noticed, <laughs> looking at life, yeah. everyone's different. Mm-hmm. And everyone, By the way, you don't have to give like the definitive answer for all yeah, churches, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Jack's a new authority, eh, for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Take everything he And here you go. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, helping the individual, honing in yeah. with a pastor on an individual and their problems and their struggles. I think when everyone, when a pastor just from the pulpit says, yes, Jesus is the answer. Awesome. That's the truth. I know that. Mm -hmm. How can Jesus help me with this? How can Jesus walk me through this day, this day, what I'm experiencing in this moment? Uh, I'd say just being more intentional about Mm. about loving people in the little ways uh, and being you know, available enough to be invested in, in people, and not just pastors, not just churches, but the whole church, us, yeah. us as the yeah, church. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I say small groups would help with that. Mm-hmm. The more small groups could be opened up, the more, uh, as I try to be, honest and vulnerable as you can be. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are afraid to talk about these things, but uh, we should just... Have no fear, or give people no fear of that, and just always be, you know, the face of Jesus and a helping hand and a loving person to lean on. Yeah.
2: Um, I'd say that's the that's the main one.
1: Awesome.
2: It's huge, man. So I have a confession to make. I'm a huge singer-songwriter, right? Like fan of that kind of genre of music. And so as am I. And, yeah, yeah. So when we started talking <laughs> about this, and we started talking about like this. This interview happening, I was like, "Oh man, please let his music be good, right? Like, please don't <laughs> let it suck, because uh, it's gonna be hard for me to fake that, right, in an interview." And so, like, so I started listening. I started listening to your stuff because I, I followed you when you were on The Voice originally, right, in there, because it was just interesting uh, to me. And and so coming across, I was like, "Okay, like, dude's talented. Like, clearly knows how to sing." You know, I didn't know anything about your connection to your family side, right, on that stuff. And and so, but actually listening to your music there, it's incredibly fascinating to me specifically how the single you're talking about like run at the giant the idea the idea that transcendence is something that music kind of tends to evoke in Mm -hmm. us as people right like it's one of the one things that we can all experience as human beings that's universal irrespective of language time culture right it doesn't matter music awakens something in us that's very primal right like down to the deepest core of who we are absolutely and because christ has radically changed you at the core of who you are right, and knowing that your music is now huge, like it's for a much bigger purpose, right, and as you take these gifts that you've been given and you further contextualize them for things that are going to be able to help people experience, like, not just freedom, but knowing that they're not alone in in those kind of musics, what are some of the big things that you actually hope to accomplish with the album, you know, kind of in that vein?
1: Yeah, so we have a single out at the moment. Um, It's called Run at the Giant, Uh, and it's about all these things. The giant is the example of, for me, that one, the big one that I can run at that I've overcome is cocaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're running at giants every day. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone has giants and they're all different. But because God is with us, and because God is for us, and because if we believe that, if we hold on to that, mm-hmm. if, we, if we trust Jesus, it's that David and Goliath story. It's, Here's this seven-foot-something Goliath, and here's this little kid who's, you know, obviously the underdog. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, And for me, I was getting my butt kicked by depression, by anxiety, and eventually what led me to cocaine. I was, it was killing my life. It was draining my bank account. It was ruining my health. It was ruining my relationships, everything. Mm. So this song says I can't do it. Man. That's powerful, dude. But once it hits the chorus, he can't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So the lyric is you're with me in the fire, you're strong and never tire. So what's the response to that? I can run at the giant. Uh, It's because of Jesus. It's because he's powerful, he's strong, and he's my champion that I can champion over those things that try to Take
2: me down. Oh, so good, man. Mm-hmm. There. That's amazing. Yeah, that's super epic. That's too. amazing.
0: Yeah. It is, I mean, just sitting here, it is obvious to me just from your smile and from the way you're speaking. Like, this is real. This is true. And this is uh, going to shape everything you do from here on out. So we, I'm just glad that we get to be participants in this, that you would share this with us. Yeah, thank you. Um, because really what, what we'd like is for our viewers and other people who are thinking, hey, like, is this Christian thing real? Is, is, there a, is this worth its salt? We want those people out there to be able to see the real transformations that occur and how God is real and how He works, sometimes in incredible transformative ways, but also in the day-to-day interactions Yeah. Um, and how amazing that is. So, Jack, we want to thank you sincerely for taking the time to be here with us and uh, to really be of aid and help to our viewers who could sympathize and could really relate to the struggles that you've gone through and uh, how it's important. Really,
1: really my pleasure to be here as well. These are great guys, by the way, <laughs> really great guys. We paid them Thanks. a lot of money to say that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Definitely, so this is gonna be part part one, um, of uh, the series that we're doing on mental health and how important it is for Christians in the church to take that seriously, and so we just again want to thank you so much for contributing to that and being here with us.
2: And thanks for making really good music that yeah. I actually enjoy <laughs> to listen to. Seriously. Like I deeply appreciate <laughs> that. Spiritual stuff aside for a moment. So.
1: Run at the Giant is on all platforms: iTunes, Spotify, the rest of them, uh, YouTube. Go, go check it out. Any it's, personal uh, handles, social media
2: stuff, Twitter. Any personal IG's. handles:
1: Jack Cassidy Music on Instagram. Uh, go check it out. Anything that I put out there, it can be downloaded right from that website. So appreciate it. Awesome.
0: Awesome. So thanks guys. There we have it. Jack Cassidy here with us today. We're so grateful for his presence and so grateful to be able to witness the powerful work of God in his life. And so what do you think? What are some questions that you might have about mental health and the church? Shoot us a comment and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much, bro.
2: Seriously, thank you for making music that's not crappy. So good. I've been waiting to say that for like two hours.